All right, let's jump into the second message in our legacy series. Have you ever heard the expression, money talks? And we're going to talk about that. Some of us are like, yeah, money does talk, and all my money ever says is, goodbye. <laughs> have you ever felt that way? You know, sometimes we feel like I just don't have enough, and I feel like my money is just not there when I need it. I'm not thriving. I'm just barely surviving, and I, I believe there might be a reason for that according to the scriptures. There might be a reason that you feel like your money is under a curse and not under a blessing, and I want to talk about a spiritual tool that I have practiced, a tool and a practice that I believe will help you in all of your life, and it's a spiritual tool found in Malachi chapter 3 that will help us not be under a curse, but under the full blessings of God. Malachi 3 says this, I, the Lord, do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse. Your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store. And so today I want to talk about tithes and offerings, and we're going to talk about money in this church, and I know that can be awkward. I know many of us have seen or experienced abuses of money in the church, but we want to make a time to talk about what the Bible says so that there isn't an abuse, so that we can build everything we do on the scriptures. And we're going to talk about the spiritual principle of tithing today. And I believe that this will be a blessing. I want all of our money and all of our lives to be blessed and not under a curse. Amen. And this scripture in Malachi says that you have robbed me. God is saying you have robbed me because you do not bring tithes into my house. And because of that, the whole nation is under a curse. And God's saying, hey, test me in this. And this is the only time I found in scripture where God says, you can put me to the test. Test me in this. Bring your tithes into the house and see if I will not bless you so much that you won't be able to contain all the blessings I'm about to give you. And so I believe today that tithing might be the blessing you've been looking and longing for your whole life. And so let's pray as I start my message. The title of my message is, Why Do We Tithe? Let's pray. Dear Father, thank you so much for your word. And I pray that as we hear your word, we wouldn't just be hearers of your word, but we would be doers. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You know, we live in a culture that tells us we don't have enough you need to get more and more and more of this product, this subscription. And a lot of times we feel like we just need the next best thing. We can have FOMO when other people are getting that next best thing. And that culture has fully invaded our household in the form of Disney+. Plus. <laughs> you know, we have a lot of TV programs. We have Hulu, Netflix. We have music like Spotify. We have all these things. But as we've seen everybody post about shows like Flow on Disney Plus, and they're like, hey, if you have a special needs child, you have to watch Flow. Or The Mandalorian and all the Star Wars fans said yes and amen. <laughs> We're like, we want Disney too. Aretha's like, hey, please. 
please, can we get Disney Plus? And so that spirit of FOMO, that spirit of needing the next best thing, fully invaded in our house, and glory to God, we got Disney Plus. Can we give God some praise? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I, I just think this whole subscription service, like, has really changed our nation and has invaded a lot of who we are as a people and how we operate. You know, not many of us buy individual songs anymore. What do we do? We subscribe to Spotify. Not many of us buy individual movies. What do we do? We subscribe to that's right. And this whole subscription model of investing in the next best thing, making sure that it's just in our bank account, it's just automated. When new products come to us, we automatically get it. When a new TV show comes out, we automatically give it. And so our money, our bank account just has recurring and automated giving set up so that we can have the next best thing. And so we're paying for all these monthly subscriptions. And honestly, it feels like the early days of cable. If you grew up like I did, where some people had like regular television and some people had cable television, some of us didn't have cable television. So we had to go to our own friend's house to watch it. Anybody with me? You know what I'm talking about? You're so jealous of the friends with cable. I feel like we're going back to this dark days where you have to pay for individual channels. Instead of having all your TV in one place, now you have to subscribe to, you know, Hulu and Disney and Netflix and Amazon Prime. And, and you know, if, if you're not a person of God, Voodoo, where you get all these <laughs> movies. We actually have Voodoo, pray for us. And you have all these different membership services. And honestly, let's, let's create a place of transparency. Some of us have all these services, and some of us don't pay for any of them. We're mooching off of someone we haven't talked to in years. Can I get a good amen? Hey, this isn't part of my sermon, but if you're really wanting to restore a relationship that's grow, grown distant, just reset your Netflix password. And people will come out of the woodworks to talk to you. Hey, man, I miss you. I feel like we haven't talked in a while. Hey, uh, hey uh, oh, by the way, <laughs> what's the Netflix password? It just, I didn't even know you were on my account. Anybody doing that right now? Who here is mooching on someone's account? Praise the Lord. The reason we even got Disney Plus is because uh, Josiah and Chanel there let us jump on. And then we found out Verizon gives it to us for free. So we're, we're on board. And so we are on the Disney Plus train. This subscription model, though, of automatically giving towards something and then getting the latest updates is not brand new. In fact, the church invented this thousands of years ago in the form of tithes and offerings. We're used to the subscription model, but there's a tension I'm seeing. It's that as the world gets more involved in these automatic updates, automatic giving in the subscription model, I feel like the church is opting out of it in the church in our giving. I've been reading some statistics on church giving, speci specifically in tithes and offering, and I found that only 10 to 25% of the American church gives in tithes and offerings. And I just think that's wild. People who believe in Jesus, people who believe in the Bible, people who feel like the church has impacted their life and they love it, they're a part of it, only 10 to 25% of those people give to the church in tithes and offerings. And it's wild because when Disney Plus comes out, we don't even have to think about it. We don't even have to pray about it. We're like, I'm in. But when it comes to the, the church and the most powerful force in the earth, something that we believe in, we're proud of, we buy into, we want to see thrive, we're like, ah, hesitant for that commitment. We're hesitant 
to buy into that. You know, even in the church, 25% as a max buying into this idea of tithes and offering. At Kalos Church, you know, last week, we had about 200 people in our service, and that's awesome. Glory to God. Well, we have about 31 people who have signed up for automatic giving at Kalos Church. And so I would say we are right in that representation church-wide of how many people are willing to give and contribute. People who are willing to say, hey, I don't want to just be a spiritual consumer, but I want to contribute to the things God is doing in our region. And I, I don't want this message to be judgmental or condemning because honestly, especially as a church plant, Kalos Church is extremely generous. We are a blessed church. I am so proud of this church. But I believe that there are a bunch of us that aren't operating in the full blessing of God. And I hate that for your own personal life. I hate that for how your family operates and what you could be receiving according to what the scripture says. And when we think of tithing and giving to God, many of us have some like objections like, ah, you know what? I don't really believe giving is for our lifetime. That was like Old Testament. That was the law. Jesus has freed us from the law. And, and I didn't even know we were supposed to give from the Bible. Some of us say like, you know what? I just don't have enough money to give. Like I would love to give, but I just, I can't afford it. And I, or some of us are just like, you know, what? I know the Bible says that, but I, I rather do things my way than God's way, or I don't know how to start. And so today in this, uh, this, um, sermon, I just want to give us some tools to get started in tithing and have a biblical understanding and an overview. And um, again, I know it can be awkward in church, but I just want to help you take your next step towards tithing. I want to help you, even if it's a dollar, even if it's like 50 cents, I just want to help you get started because I believe that this is a principle that will unlock the blessing in your life. And as we look at the culture, as we look at what's happening in America financially, our nation is like richer than it's ever been. Innovation is richer than it's ever been. But the general population is not doing great. You know, 40% of America could not afford a $400 surprise bill. I mean, that's one car problem. That's one hospital bill that you don't plan for. 40% of America, according to the Experian Credit Agency, 54% of America spends more than we make. That is not okay. And I feel like many of us are operating under the curse of the systems of the world without realizing it. And so I pray that this tool will be a blessing for you to, to walk in margin, to walk in peace, to walk according to the systems and the plans that God has created for our benefit. And so I want to talk about why I personally tithe, and I pray that these principles will be a blessing to you and unlock blessings for you. And so the first thing I want to share is this. The reason why I tithe is, number one, tithing is biblical. Tithing is a principle that existed before the law of Moses was written. It's a principle that existed during the time of Moses' law in the Old Testament, like we read in the book of Malachi. And it existed in the time of Jesus. Jesus talked about tithing. And it existed after Jesus died on the cross and resurrected. So we see the arc of tithing throughout the scriptures. You know, as a pastor, some people will come up to me and say, you know, I, I don't believe in tithing because Jesus has freed us from the law. We're, get that old covenant out of my face. We're in the new covenant, Pastor Pradeepin. I'm like, okay, I hear you. I love that. I love that you're looking to make your decision off the foundation of the scripture. But what if I told you that Jesus himself in the scriptures, in the gospels, 
told us to tithe. Would you tithe then? Yes, I would. Okay. Well, check this out, sucker. Matthew 23, 23. Okay. Matthew 23, 23. Get off me. What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees? Hypocrites! For you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens. Not that kind of herb garden, Patty. Okay. <laughs> Not that kind of herb garden. <laughs> You're careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens. <laughs> but you ignore the more important aspects of the law. <laughs> Justice, mercy, and faith. And then here's what Jesus says. You should, say it with me, tithe. Yes. <laughs> But do not neglect the more important things. So Jesus is saying, you tithe and don't stop tithing. Yes, these, you know, these, faith, mercy, justice, these are important things, but don't forget to tithe. And some of you are like, well, that was kind of a weird time because Jesus hadn't died on the cross yet, hadn't resurrected. But what, what about after that? Maybe we're not supposed to. I got something for you too. What up? Get off me. Hebrews 7 8. This is after Jesus resurrected. Here, mortal men receive tithes, but there... On the throne room of heaven, he receives them, of whom it is witness that he lives. So I love this beautiful passage because it tells me when we collect money as a church with our buckets or we get online and our website receives these tithes. Yes, we have these earthly means of receiving tithes, but ultimately Jesus himself receives these tithes and offerings, and we get to worship God with our finances. I love this passage. So we see this before the law, during the law, after the law. It's in the scriptures, and I tithe because it's biblical. You know, a simple definition of tithing is this, giving the first 10% of your income to the local church. And that, that is the definition. So tithe literally means just 10th. So you can't tithe 30%. You can't tithe 2%. 10th means Tenth. Tithe means tenth. So tithe is giving the first 10% of your income to the local church like we read in Malachi. You rob me of tithes and offerings by not bringing it into the house, the house of God. So what is not tithing? What is not the tithe? Tithing is giving your time or talent to the church. I'm sure that those people in the book of Malachi had time and talents that they're giving to the Lord, but the Lord still felt like he was being robbed. Tithing is not just giving to a random nonprofit, giving to a, another organization. I'm sure those people gave money to something, but Jesus or God in this book of Malachi still felt like he was being robbed. Tithing is not giving to an individual. I'm sure in the book of Malachi, those people had like a broke brother and they gave him some money. God still felt like he was being robbed of tithes and offerings. Tithing is just not charging someone for a service that you provide. I'm sure people gave each other freebies. God still felt like he was being robbed of tithes and offerings. So, and tithe is not offering. Even this legacy offering is above and beyond what we give in tithing. So there's a difference between tithes and offering. Tithes is the first 10% of your income that you give to the local church, the house of God, like we see in Malachi. And offering is above and beyond where we can give to nonprofits, we can give to organizations that are not the local church. And so to those who follow the ways of Jesus, if you give the first 10% of your income to the church, you are not generous. You are simply returning the money that the Lord owns. Does that make sense? So biblical generosity 
According to the scriptures, biblical generosity starts at 11%. You know, I have, I have a friend named Mike Parks, and he's a, he's a pastor in Michigan. And uh, a while ago, I got this app called Cash App. Anybody have Cash App? And uh, you can give people money digitally. Let's say you buy each other a meal or buy, you, you split a meal. It's easy to split the meal in Cash App instead of doing it with a server. And so uh, he, we both had this app, and I just sent him a request for $1,000 on the Cash App. And it just said, trust me. <laughs> so on the app, I said, Mike, give me $1,000. Just trust me. So no context, no promises, just trust me. And so without hesitating... He gave me $1,000. Glory to God. Well, the problem is, Mike was newly married. <laughs> and so his, his wife, Sarah, Becca's sister, uh, saw a notification on her phone. Your husband has given Pradeep and Jeeva Manohar and Siva Retinam $1,000. She's like, what is going on? <laughs> and so, so she immediately calls him, and then Mike immediately calls me. <laughs> He's like, hey, bro, uh, I gave you the thousand dollars. I trust you, but I, I need, I need my money back. <laughs> I want to, I want to hashtag stay married. You know, I want, I want, I want to stay married. Can I have my money back? And I, I had a choice to make. <laughs> I told him to trust me, and I, I could keep that money, and I would be a thousand dollars richer. But he'd probably not trust me again. Or I could return the money, and we could stay friends, and his marriage would prosper. You know, and I, I feel like this is a situation a lot of us are dealing with when it comes to finances. The Lord is asking, you know, us to be trustworthy with his money. And some of us aren't returning the 10% that he's asked for. It's like God has bought us this candy bar, and he's like, hey, give me one bite. And we're like, no, bro, I won't. <laughs> you know, and how is God going to trust you with more money if he can't trust you with the money that you already have? Tithing is an issue of trust. Tithing is a test. Who are you going to thank for your income? When you receive a paycheck, do you thank Disney Plus for it or do you thank the Lord for it? And so God says, you are robbing me because you're not returning my money. That is my money. Just return what is mine. And so I feel like I give as a family. We give as a family because it's biblical and we don't want to just give God what's left. We want to give him what's right. Amen. And so tithing is a test. How are you doing? Would you say you're robbing God or not? More importantly, would God say you're robbing him? So I give because it's biblical. Number two, the reason I tithe is because it's beneficial. You know, tithing is not for God's benefit. God can make as much money as he wants. God is like the Federal Reserve. He can just print money and bring us towards hyperinflation all he wants. Hashtag cryptocurrency. Okay. <laughs> God is not poor. God is not broke. He can make as much money. He can make gold bars out of nothing. God is not broke. He doesn't need your money, but he wants you to be blessed. And he realizes that your heart will always follow where your treasure is, and you can't serve both God and money. And so he's created this system to make sure that our heart is properly positioned before him because God recognizes that the only one who can care for our soul truly is the one who created it. And so he doesn't want God to be our money. He wants God to be our God. Amen. And so he's created the system for our benefit, not his. And I, I just seen consistently as a pastor, two testimonies in the church. I can't tithe because I don't, I can't afford it. I won't tithe because I can't afford it. And I tithe because God has richly blessed me. 
what testimony do you want? I can't tithe because I just don't feel the blessing, or I tithe because I have been richly blessed. I want that testimony, and I just want to share a spiritual principle with you. The kingdom is so backwards. Up is down. Left is right. The first is last. And in our lives, you won't be able to afford tithing until you start tithing. You can't start tithing until you start tithing. (laughs) You got to just start. You're not going to feel like you afford it. You're not going to feel like you have it. It is a trust saying, God, I believe you can do more with my 90% than I can do with my 100%. It is a trust. And I, I, I see this in the scriptures in Malachi 3. God's saying, hey, test me in this. Not only is it a test for us, it is a test for God. You know, for those of us who have a hard time believing in God, having a hard time believing if he's real, the scriptures literally say, test me in this and see if I will not bless you. When I first became a Christian, our church in, er, in uh, Apple Valley, Minnesota said, hey, tithe for 90 days. If, you, if it doesn't work, we'll give you your money back. <laughs> money back guarantee. It was so hokey. And, and, uh, but it was this principle of testing the Lord. And I would challenge you. Kalos isn't going to facilitate this, but why don't you put God to the test? If you're looking for a sign, why don't you tithe for 90 days and see what happens, see if God passes the test. You know, in our family, we, we have had to make many choices. Are we going to serve God or are we going to serve money? And we found serving God to be so beneficial. You know, we moved here from Michigan to start a church. We felt like the Lord was calling us to do this. And we had a good financial situation in Michigan. We had health insurance. We had cheap rent. We had a stable job at a church. And we felt like we were supposed to uproot with our 11-month-old son and move to Bellevue, which is so expensive. I mean, we looked at a house to buy for $6,000 in Michigan. $6,000. I mean, we would have died from black mold in that house but we would have died homeowners. Now $6,000, come on. Now $6,000 is only our bubble tea budget. It's so expensive here. You know, but we said, Lord, we're going to trust you. And we we came out here and we got down to like three to $6,000 in our bank account. Church wasn't paying for us. We didn't know how we were going to make it. We didn't have health insurance. All that time, we find out our son has autism and Parents with kids with autism spend about $27,000 more than neurotypical parents, which is so expensive. We're like, God, you called us out here, and now we have all these expenses. What are we going to do? We don't have health insurance provided by, like, an established church. We're starting from scratch. What are we going to do? And I I just want to tell you, we tithe. We trusted the Lord. We didn't just take the stable job. We followed God. We, we chose obedience. And I just want to say, God has richly blessed us. Even this last month, we probably received like $10,000 just supernaturally, random envelopes in our backyard with cash with like $3,000 saying it's a gift from Jesus because our, our son has had so many expenses that have come unexpectedly just in the last month. And we could not have afforded all of these expenses in our own strength. But we've seen God can do more than our 90%. God can do more with our obedience than we can do in our own strength. We don't need to be our own blessing. God is our blessing. We don't need to be our own strength. God is our strength. Amen.
God has richly blessed us. And I just want to say that, you know, God has passed the test in our lives, and I believe he'll pass the test in your life. Our God is faithful to his word. Our God is faithful in your life. God loves you, and he wants to bless you so much. And I've just found this over and over again. When you spend your life and your money to build the Lord's house, my goodness, he will build your house. When you build God's house, he builds yours. Amen. You can trust God with this test. And so a third reason I, I, I give, you know, first, it's biblical. Second, it's, it's beneficial. God can do more than we can do on our own. Number three, because it, it's building something greater than any individual. We get to be part of building something that will last forever with Jesus. Jesus is building his church, his house, and we get a part of playing a role. We get a role in building something that's eternal. And that's what this whole legacy series, I keep on mixing those together. I like it. It's a wordplay, but it throws me off because it's unintentional. No, legacy series, legacy series. Okay. Legacy series is all about living in a way that outlives us. And I, I don't want us to be just thinking about our short lifetime. I want us to build Kalos in a way where our kids can inherit it and our kids' kids can inherit it. Amen. And, and we want to live in a way that outlives us. And so in our family, because we believe in building the church with Jesus, we'll say, hey, even if we have to cut back in some of the legitimate pleasures of the world, it's worth it so we can build something that is eternal. And so we will live simply so others can simply live. I like that phrase because just by cutting back and investing in Kalos Church, my goodness, we are seeing life change after life change. In our two-year history, we've seen over 300 people raise their hand and say, I want to live for Jesus. I am so proud of that. Tonight, we're baptizing some people. One of them is Nikki who I love so much, so proud of her. I remember back in the old days of Kalos Church, six months ago when we were in Kalos, if you can even remember that time, we were, when we were in Kalos, when we were in a comedy club called The Parlor. Six months ago. All right. <laughs> we, she showed up. She didn't know what she believed about God and the Bible and Jesus, and she just showed up. And now tonight we get to baptize her. You know, in a moment, Sam's going to be sharing about Kalos being his first church he calls home and how it's changed his life. And we didn't know him before this church started. And Kalos has been so generous, and it's resulted in building what God is building, which has resulted in life change, where people are knowing the beauty of Jesus, and I'm so proud of that. In 1 Timothy 6, it says this, talking about people who are rich, they are to do good to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. Man, we are building a good foundation for the future. And I believe that we're just seeing the beginning of what God wants to do in Kalos, making an eternal impact. And so I give because I want to build something that lasts. And I... Again, you know, when you talk about money in church, I know it can be awkward, but I, I just believe we're part of something great, and I want to see this church flourish. You know, in our two years, you know, right here in the region, I, I've seen about five of my friends who have planted church churches within an hour of where we are right now, and they've had to close their doors. You know, church plants really are hard to start, 
And we just have never had to worry about finances here at Kalos Church because of your generosity. You know, when we, when we lost our venue at the Comedy Club, we, we had been in three venues in three, three months, and we never had to worry about money. Like, the Comedy Club, they had screens that we used, and we're like, oh my goodness, we have to buy screens and projectors, and we have to buy new sound equipment, and we have to get new signs, and we just never had to worry about it because of your faithful generosity. You know, when we saw that, oh my goodness, this thing is growing and it's taking a toll on our volunteer work-life balance, it's just, it's intense. We need to start hiring people so this is sustainable. We were able to hire Andrew Jennings and, and Amy, and I just am so proud of our church because your generosity and your faithfulness has unlocked the doors for us to continue making known the beauty of Jesus in such a sustainable way, amen? But I truly believe that we're just getting started. And I believe that as we step into more tithes and offerings, that we will unlock a blessing, not only for us as individuals, but in this region and for generations to come, for generations to come. And right now, like I said, about 31 of us have automatic giving. And last week, we had about 200 people come to our service. Man, even if we just doubled that, we'd be able to do so much more. We'd be able to impact so many more lives but we don't want to manipulate you into doing that. We're not even going to ask you to do that. What we're going to do is we're going to just ask you to ask God, what would you have me give, God? How do you want me to do this? And when you give automatically in tithes, it helps us be more strategic as a church because we know exactly what comes in. And I want to show you a practical way to set up online giving if you're saying, hey, I want to start tithing. And so why don't we play this kind of screen, ca screen capture? So just go to kalos.church if you're wanting to set up tithes automatically. You click on this green button, and you'll see that load up, and then you can just, whatever amount you want to set up monthly, whatever the Lord would have you give, <laughs> just whatever the Lord speaks to you. <laughs> you know, I, the Lord has blessed me, and, you know, this, I was hesitant in showing what we give, <laughs> but I just wanted <laughs> We do not give that much. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's just as simple as that. You can go to our website, kalos.church, to do that. And, and you can cancel at any time. If, if you're like, at any point, I, I don't want to invest in, in Kalos Church, you can pull out. I just hope you apply this tithing principle at some church. It doesn't have to be Kalos. It's just a spiritual principle that I believe will be a blessing for generations to come, for our generation, and for you and your family. And so we're gonna, I'm going to lead us in a time of prayer. I'm not going to manipulate you or, or anything like that. But my prayer is that you would walk in all the blessings God has for you. Amen. And so tithes are different than offerings. And honestly, I think it would be better for you to start tithing before you, you jump into the legacy offering. Because I think that will have more of a beneficial impact on your personal life. And I want you all to walk in that blessing. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Father, thank you so much. For this word, thank you for the scripture. And Lord, we just acknowledge right off the bat, you know, money has been abused in churches. Lord, I, I just pray that you would help us to build our, our giving theology off of your word and your scriptures, that we wouldn't do anything that's contradictory to your word, Lord. And I pray that even right now, Lord, with the first of our income, we would just say, we thank you, Lord, and we, we trust you, and thank you for trusting us with your money. And we don't want to rob you, but we want to be faithful stewards of what you're giving us. And Lord, we want you to be able to trust us with more. So Lord, we 
we just want what you want. So even now, Lord, if you want us to give, I pray that you speak to us. Lord, what would you have us give in tithes and offerings? Would you have us set up automatic giving? Would you have us give in the legacy offering? Lord, we just want what you want. So have your way in our lives, we pray. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said, amen, amen. Can we give it up to Jesus for creating such a beneficial system for us? I love it, love it. And I, hey, I just want to say, like, if you're not ready for the 10% here at church, you know, we're pastors, and we want to help shepherd you towards it. So even if you have to start with 50 cents or a dollar, I just encourage you, just get started.